Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Royal Podcast. I'm Tom Casadega, joined as always by the host of this son bitch, Ray. Right, old Ray. How the hell are you doing today? I'm doing good, bro. How's everything? Hopefully, you had a <clears throat> pleasant Father's Day weekend. Um, boy, we got a lot of stuff to unpack some exciting some underwhelming and hopefully something in in between because every episode we finish there's always a snowball of shit that comes after that's always like are you kidding me you guys couldn't unveil this information be before before wednesday evening it's always got to be after always (laughs) always that seems like that's our luck yeah but where uh, do you, do you want to start with the uh, the elephant in the room? Of course, All of right. course. For the first time in forty years, Vince McMahon is not the CEO of WWE on an interim basis. What the fuck do you think about that? Um, I'm still processing. Um, yes, I know he's not in the chair. Stephanie's taking over. It's probably the smart thing considering all the. Uh, salacious circumstances involved with his situation um to think of all things that Vince McMahon has fought and has beaten and has batted away throughout the years to maintain the throne for for this to be the thing to take him out of the throne is kind of ironic and a, a little crazy but then again in this in this world that we live in, in, in 2022, it, it, it's probably very fitting that, that like, this is the thing to take him, to take him out of power. Yes. He's out of the CEO seat, but he's still part of the creative process. And Lauren Jitus is on quote unquote administrative leave and Bucky Beaver Dunn is probably not going to get any shade for his uh, scandalous business practices. So, but you know, it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect less at this point. But I'm hoping for a little bit more accountability once all this unravels. Your boy Nick Khan, he uh, is playing that Mortal Kombat, and he's just every time I see that meme. Right. Every time I see that meme, I'm like, you know what? It's kind of fucking true. He really is it moving is. up the ladder. <laughs> it really is. It uh. It came out of nowhere. It really did. Like, it really came out of nowhere. He got hired, and then, boom, they've been dropping left and right. And it's always been him the successor, him the successor. And it's only a matter of time before he just levels up one more time. So, what's your thoughts on Nick Khan? Um, I've always been... Little suspect, you know, it, 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 it's something about the last name Khan that really unsettles me with anything wrestling oriented these past few years. <laughs> it's it, it, there's just something, there's just something awry with someone with the last name Khan. Um, I think Nick Khan's end game is far bigger than just taking over the WWE because he's coming from a major sports and entertainment agency where he's, he's, 
ciphered through so much money and business investments that I don't think that this is like him sitting at a big luscious chair and doing the whole Mr. Burns finger plot of doom saying, oh, I'm going to take over the WWE. I, I think it's a larger thing. I think I think WWE is a pawn in, in a much larger game that he's trying to get. And oh yeah, I don't know if that's to sell this to some big, massive, com- big, massive company that will take it over and then probably break my heart and like officially, officially kill pro pro like wrestling just completely off the universe. If and when that day comes, um, I to kind of pedal back with Vince. I think as long as Vince is breathing, he's he, he's going to die in some form of power. But I think Vince is waiting to hear someone tell him how much his baby is worth. And I know it may not be a public knowledge thing, but I know he wants to at least break even to what Dana White got with UFC or more. I'm pretty sure knowing Vince and how crazy he is, he's he's probably going to want double of what the UFC got to just kind of stick it to Dana and then walk away. Um, That's we you uh you said that actually to me before and i completely agree with that um what i i wanted to crack a funny joke before we get too far removed on the vince topic this is the longest long-term storytelling wwe's ever done and i think you know exactly <laughs> where i'm about to go <laughs> i think i do but just it, it enlighten us because the I, alliance wins. The alliance wins. The alliance wins. <laughs> the alliance wins. <laughs> Stephanie yeah. McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stephanie just had to knock out her brother. <laughs> 21 years later, coming back with the win. She's CEO of WWE. The alliance wins. Well, I JR, mean, you I, son of a bitch. <laughs> and like, I, I know people were like, for some strange reason, people are shitting on her being in the chair. I don't see a better option. Can oh, once again, can can considering the elements of this probe or investigation, it's probably the wisest thing to put a female in, in this spot. More importantly, someone who has the ties to the family and the company and knows the product, knows the business side, and is really good with dealing with those kind of people in like Stephanie and like, 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 yes, I know two weeks ago, she, she, she was taking a hiatus to quote unquote, spend time with her family. And it's like, just, just as soon as she's probably getting ready to go into mom mood, it's like, no, we kind of, I kind of need you. Um, So I, I, I think it'll do wonders if Stephanie is in the chair, because Stephanie's always doing a lot of, branding positive branding and stuff like that and that that that'll definitely put some uh flex seal on that damage crack that's potentially going to do some bad things um i mean i if anyone doesn't think that the board isn't going to strongly consider buying vince out because he's kind of a liability now then you're out of your mind because the board doesn't care about the lineage and the history and the imprint. They, they, they care about the dollars, the cents, the stock, and like any other 
upper crust hierarchy white collar jerk offs. That's really all they care about. And Vince looks like a Vince looks like a, a loose cannon liability. His uh, if you want to call him an inner circle, his inner circle is even more of a liability. And you know, he's getting up there in age. Um, a, a lot of people don't like to think of this or bring this up. Vince has probably had a couple of serious head injuries <laughs> over oh, the yeah. years, and you know his uh, his decision making or irrational decision making can be counterproductive to to the bottom line, and ironically, ironically to the one thing that Vince probably wants, which is like a massive sell, so he can. I honestly don't know what I honestly don't know what Vince would do if if they sold it and he got the price he wanted like what exactly does Vince do there like like I don't see him adjusting to life w- without the WWE <laughs> yeah that'd be the weirdest thing i don't know man but before i forget you just saying that about Vince with the head injuries instantly made me think of one thing in particular well, there's a few, but this one was the first one that came to mind. Um, it was St. Valentine's Day Massacre 99. Okay. The cage match with Austin. Yeah. Do you remember that chair shot to the head that split him on the crown? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning the, the sound. Just a pool of blood. And he wrestled the entire rest of the match. That was five minutes into the match. He takes that chair shot when the chair gets thrown in from Shane and boom, when Austin hits him, it instantly splits him. And when Vince takes a stumble back, blood starts running down his forehead. And then he wrestled the rest of the match, getting hit in the head with chairs. And then he takes that bump off the cage through the table that messed up his hip and broke his ribs all while he's still just wrestling. And it, it just, I don't know. I can think of a few other ones. You know what I mean? The stupid. Oh, I'm I'm sure there's a gnarly one in the the WrestleMania the 22 match with, with Sean with Michaels. Yeah, when like, he hits I'm, him with the chair there, and he, he puts him the into the garbage can. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a couple of those. I don't think he. I don't think he had a match with Big Evil Taker, but I, but but yeah, I, yes, he did. Okay. The, Buried alive match. Yep. And, when he gets and there again, was, and there another was another head, shot. <laughs> another head injury. Taker got him, and he, dude, he was bleeding, bleeding. And then Kane did the whole explosion pyro, and then he knocked Taker into the hole, and then they buried him. But it's, I, uh, again, that just, and right those there. Are, those are on the extreme sides, and this probably didn't help at this point in like his life but the Kevin Owens headbutt probably oh, didn't yeah the Kevin I Owens headbutt was the, Kevin Owens headbutt was pretty gnarly um <laughs> snug yeah so like just off of those four examples those those are if there was like a, a a neurologist to look back at just those four they probably would say like there's probably some kind of stage of CTE or brain damage here just off of those just off of those four incidences that we just thought of that's not counting what's like fully documented and what's and there's probably more 
has to be. You know what I mean? He had that entire run through Attitude Era plus Ruthless Aggression Era. All the stupid stuff he even did up until later. You know, with you said with the Kevin Owens headbutt and everything that I even forgot about. I, uh, Vince was never a person to really back down from stuff like that, though. You realize no. that? Yeah. And he preached about that long-term shit. And now, look, he's one of the, you know what I mean? We're sitting here breaking down all Vince's crazy-ass head injuries. It's just so strange. Like, I don't know. It's such a uh, crazy thought of where the wrestling world has grown. You know what I mean? What it was. Yeah. I, I, I like to think that they've, they've, they've learned from some major, major whoopsies. Um, uh, he, uh, he who shall not be named should be number one, like with a bullet. Um, and what's kind of unraveling with Vince, just having that in the realm of possibility should be factored in. And, you know, there's, probably another incident or two. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Dark Side series doesn't really help their cause either. But, you know, that it is what it is. Um, I don't mind saying Benoit. I, I, I mean, I, mean, I don't happened, either. Happened, I, I, I mean, I, we'll I, jump I on that real quick. What happened? I just, I just try to like erase draw the, the line fact that he was one of the greats. So, I mean, that's that's always going to be that, like, unerasable blemish. Does that make sense? Yeah, or, of course. I'm not saying he's going to be in the fucking Hall of Fame or anything yeah. like that. But I do, like I said, you... You, you have to recognize he was one of the best technical wrestlers. Oh, 100%. Ever. You know and what I mean? Just, Ever. This this situation has engulfed all of that and has pretty much made that like second second thought at best, maybe it's if not third thought, because of what transpired at the end. Un, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I completely agree. I mean, he's not gonna be on my top favorite wrestler list of all time or anything simply for the fact that he killed his son and his wife, but he was still a really decent wrestler. And I just, uh, they even said it on dark side. It's so strange to think about that. Something Benoit loved so much was something that he almost completely destroyed by doing that. Yeah. And I just think that that's so that if that's not enough proof right there that there was something obviously wrong with his brain and then so many people just want to not acknowledge head trauma and head injuries and what that can do to your literal functions and it's just it, it's nuts man chris nowinski ended up doing the autopsy oh. on Benoit's brain and then he said, yeah, he has the uh, brain of an 80-year-old Alzheimer's patient. And WWE was like, no, we don't give a fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. 
That's a whole. We could break down a whole Benoit episode about, yeah. like, you know what I mean. But that's that's been that's one of them topics that's been talked about by every single person under the sun. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that's that's almost been like beaten to death, essentially. As crazy as it sounds. Yeah. And uh yeah. I'm not saying that we're comparing Benoit and McMahon no. with head and face. But I will say that It's been proven time and time again that you kind of lose your brain, like you start to lose your mind when you get older from after so many fucking head injuries. I mean, is it time to start looking at that? That, that That's why I brought it up, because if, if you don't think the board that kind of lit the fire for, for this probe and investigation aren't going to factor that into this investigation... You are gravely mistaken. They are going to probably be like, well, is he even competent to even sit in this, sit in this position anymore because of that? Because once again, they don't care about the other side. They, they care about the zeros and dollars and cents. Yep. And, and that's their top priority above all else and everything else. So, so I'm, I'm hoping as this investigation evolves, it's it's a thorough investigation. They go through everything with a fine tooth comb, good, bad, ugly, and, and, and you know everything under the sun. There's some real accountability dished out at the end of it. And as crazy as it sounds, if this invokes like a a change or a shift within that infrastructure, regardless of its creative or the business side, or if it if it generates that to enhance the product or put a new spin on the product, hopefully not anything hokey showy, but if it does that to where like, to where they aren't pushing Vince out, but they're like gingerly nudging him to either, to either let off the gas or let up the, or let up the reins and let's kind of put people in these positions so like so like there's a better succession plan because they really don't have one right now. It, it, it this almost and look, I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. But this sounds like like a Game of Thrones caliber season, like House of Cards. You ever seen that there show? You go. Yes. You know, you ever heard about that? Yeah, it's uh, it's like one of those quotes, like "Boy, how the mighty have fallen" type of thing. But Vince seems so unfazed by everything. Like, sure, okay, whatever. I'm stepping down as CEO, but Mr. McMahon's going to be on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, which the SmackDown thing, um, because to let people in behind the curtain, we were, we were supposed to do our Father's Day Strange Days episode on Friday, and there were some technical issues. And I was hoping that, you know, like if, like, if we did it, we, we, we got it done by eight. Because they had announced that he was going to be on SmackDown. And that had the world spinning of what's he going to say? What's he going to do? And it was the quickest nonchalant, like, 
no real reference to what's going on. He just emphasized the video signature stuff and particularly together and welcomes everybody to SmackDown, flips the mic, walks out. And then I I didn't see Raw on Monday. I was busy doing other things because I figured Raw would be pretty much how Raw's been. And he apparently made an appearance on there. I So I don't know what to make of those appearances. It, 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 it seemed counterproductive to what all the news was letting out. It seemed like he was almost doubling down that like he's really not going anywhere, even that's though he is I going got. somewhere. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it seemed like. And that whole, which is going to be a meme thing in the wrestling community of Vince jumping off the step. <laughs> and I literally, I even said that when I seen him do that, I, I was like, you know what? Like he's really like uppity and like happy he's making that fucking point he look at me you know what i mean no matter what your little investigation says i'm still here and that's you know that's such a vince mcmahon thing you know what i mean it is it is him to a t to to i i i know i say this to you and other friends a lot to just no sell he is Completely no selling this. <laughs> That's exactly right. I don't know. I uh, still amazed at the balls of Vince McMahon to be able to just keep just being himself regardless. And I, hey, you know, one could only wish to really have the self confidence of Vince McMahon. Brain smarts, maybe not. But self-confidence, definitely. I'll yes. say that on record. I, yeah, I, I'm totally with, with you there. If I had the self-confidence, the hubris, the uh, the balls the size of grapefruits to just approach shit go. the way Vince does, I, I'd probably be a much better human being. <laughs> or, Amen. <laughs> just, it's, wow. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same damn way. And I, uh, when all this news dropped, everybody was like, CNN covered it that night. You know, like it, it was such, it was so shocking to everybody. But that in hit reality, me then, that hit me then when I was like, this is a big fucking deal if CNN yeah. is, is plugging this into their news coverage. Well, here's my whole thing everybody was like, freaking the fuck out and like plugging it in but it was such a Vince thing you know what I mean he had been doing all of this shit for so many years on fucking TV and stuff he's had scandals in the past when this came out I think I don't know if I was the only one to be like oh well okay you know that's more of a Vince thing like I wasn't like oh my god you know what I mean like so many other people even you you were like oh my god like I wasn't as surprised as everybody else. I mean, yeah, there's a few other, like, in, I'm not saying a few, but there's other people that would thought the same thing that exactly that, like, it's such a Vince thing. You know what I mean? And then to come to find out with that paperwork that there's other, um, like, affairs that got, like, the whole NDA treatment, NDA, you, know, hush, you know, type of stuff. But He's the same guy that was making out with all them broads on fucking Raw and SmackDown while we were growing up. That you know is what the I mean? point, yeah. 
And I just, he's the dude that made out with Sable and had him be his little cougar, uh, cougar and stuff after the whole like loss, lawsuit and everything. She left in 98, came back in 04 and was like his like slut thing. Mm-hmm. How weird was that? It was a little awkward, yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and it's like anytime there was a hot diva, you knew Vince was going to be making out with her or fucking her on the TV. Because remember everything? Everything Even with Trish. The, tw- the 2010s with like Candace Michelle and all them other ones. You know what I mean? How many times did he make out with Tori Wilson? How many times? You know what I mean? How many times did he make out with Trish? All that shit. And it's just, it was such a Vince thing. What else did you expect? Like, do you think the dude wasn't around and like fucking? I mean, poor Linda. Think about it that way. Like, you know, yeah. she was like, looks like Sally Jesse Raphael sitting at home. You know what I mean? And uh, she lost yeah. her Senate race and everything. Yeah, and yeah, then she's, she's in Florida trying to recoup her political career and now you got this avalanche of shit coming yeah and then there's vince just out there fucking what 75 years old 75 acting like he's 15 yeah and i mean i seen so many comments like he's 75 years old he's almost 80 how is he getting his dick hard well hey hey y'all it's me comrade thompson y'all ever heard of blue chew <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Oh man! Hey, hey, y'all! It's me, Comrade Thompson, and I'm here with uh, Vince McMahon for No Chance. You know, and it's just that podcast plugged by Blue Chew. No, which, you know what I'm saying. Which basically, if Vince is even using that stuff, he's probably getting the premium, high grade stuff, where like Blue Chew is like Walmart value stuff for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And that's the whole thing. You act like that man doesn't have the top of the line everything. So I don't know. I uh it's so Vince. I just can't wait to see where the rest of this plays out. Same. At, 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 at this stage, this almost feels, and I know I'm probably being a little high hy- hyperbolic here. This almost feels kind of kind of like kind of like the January 6th hearing stuff. Where to where to, to, to where like you're almost like what the fuck is gonna come out of here next? <laughs> Man, uh, Chris Jericho's wife. Nah, nah. I'm I'm enjoying that aspect. I'm I'm just like you know what you you kind of deserve this. Yep. <laughs> you you kind of deserve this one. <laughs> I just uh, <clears throat> all that stuff. We'll save that for a while. Yeah. But moving on from that, uh, AW Forbidden Door has a different crisis was. of a different level of crisis. It's nothing like like what well, nothing like what we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, I uh, not really intrigued for this show. Um, I have to agree. Um, if I've learned anything so far, that. Doing these kind of super shows is problematic because you have to please too many masters. You got to mm-hmm. please too many masters. You have to do 
there's too much red tape and backstage politics to make a super show like this work to our expectations as fans. Um, that's not counting the massive injury bug on one side. Um, the way they're presenting it on the, on on the other, the lack of star power that was expected is another big hit. Um, you know, and again, uh, uh, it's nothing against Mox and Tanahashi. Like that'll be a solid main event. Uh, yes, Will yes, it? I know. <laughs> Will it? I, I based on the circumstances, it, it's going to have to do its job. Yes, if you had all the players that were supposed to be a part of this show, there's a good chance that that match is probably open. There's probably a good chance that that match would be an opener or in or like in the middle of the card to pick to pick things back up. It wouldn't be headlining. But based on the circumstances, who's out with injury, who's out because of politics and red tape and bullshit and just the way that they've bundled this whole process, this whole build, this might be the silver line, one of the couple of silver linings that they may have to make this a manageable show. Do I do now, do I expect people to buy it? Yes, because all the blind, obnoxious a like a a AEW indie faithful that'll buy and love anything that they put out because it's not 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 WWE. They're gonna buy it. Period. Is this something that I would? Is this something that I would have a pay per view party for and like and like invite my like friends that are casual or lapsed fans and try to get them back into it? No. Absolutely not, because 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 that is just a losing effort on so many levels. Um, obviously, Punk's injury is a is a big hit. I know here shortly, uh, Brian Danielson is supposed to be on Dynamite and make his announcement on what he's doing with Sunday and also next Wednesday's Blood and Guts special, which is probably going to be some bad news if he's technically addressing both. But but I know you said earlier this could be a way to give us the one dream match that everyone universally kind of has been salivating for with him and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, fingers crossed, like that's the most optimistic thing that comes out of tonight. If if anything with Brian Danielson, um, you know, of course, of course, Tony has to shoehorn his favorite fucking mascot and goof into the show which is a disservice to Will Offspree, who's got international claim and could have been showcased a little better. There were, I'm sure there were one, two, three, four, probably five better choices, but it is what it is. We're here now. It, it does a disservice to Offspree. Um, the tag match would be solid. Hold on. I was just actually okay. writing about that, about the U.S. title match. Andrade is like still pissed about not being able to be included. Which, and he went ahead. He went ahead and leaked out that he was supposed to be the one challenging for the IWGP US title, and because of AAA, can't. Yeah, and I I feel so bad for that guy. Like ever, it, it's like ever since he's ever since he's left like 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 WWE, it's been a bundled spot after bundled spot, fumbled spot. It, it oh 
And I'm sure, like, if he had the chance to be on this show, this would have been a, a total positive for him. But, but, but I guess because there's political beef with New Japan and AAA and their partnership with CML or whatever it's called, and again, just tangled backstage political red tape that if you're really trying to do a super show to promote pro wrestling, you you would think that you would lift these red tape restrictions for for the overall betterment of like the goal. But that's never the case. We've obviously seen this before back in the 80s with Super Clash with AWA, CWA and how that unfolded and it, you know, just usually when these ideas start to stir that's always going to be a huge factor in what will go wrong. It's a lot of the politics. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. And it's all about money. Because CMML or CMLL and New Japan work together. And because AAA doesn't like any other Mexican promotion, let alone CMLL, CMLL, I just, um, I don't even really see what New Japan gets out of that partnership, though, because if you look at all the news even surrounding, you know, CMLL, it's uh, nothing's good. They're not in a really good financial place or anything. So you would think AAA would want that exposure for their wrestlers who are signed with AEW could go over there and get the attention but ultimately it all depends on who's paying the most money exactly and tony khan pretty much pays for everything else in the wrestling world and maybe this is that one thing he's like look guys i really don't want to pick up the tab for this because i'm sure if he wanted to he could pay triple a enough money to let them boys go over there and wrestle on that show. You know oh, what I'm trying yeah. to say? The Lucha Brothers and Andrade, it's just the matches could be amazing. You know what I mean? And I just uh, they announced that tag match for the ROH tag titles. Could you imagine the Lucha Brothers added into that? Or if it would have been, or if it would have been Andrade and Orange Cassidy, what the, wow, Andrade instead of Orange Cassidy versus Osprey, I would have much rather see Andrade and Will Osprey. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's exactly where we come down to money. Money, politics, and bullshit. It's everywhere. It's everywhere we fucking turn. Yep. Jesus. But I mean, that pretty much is our our coverage of Forbidden Door. It's not much to write home about, but but I mean, it isn't anything. It's not going to be on the lower end of horrible pay per views ever. At least it shouldn't be. But it's also not going to be a quote-unquote classic and anybody that says it's going to be a classic is just a total stand and mark that just is fucking clueless and sorry for saying that but i'm kind of (laughs) not 
you shouldn't have to apologize for that because it's the truth. <laughs> There's so many big names missing from this show. You could make a whole list already. You can make probably a separate card. Literally. <laughs> just with the top names alone. And it's just, I don't know. It's uh, so many guys that you would want for that show, just not there. And it's such bad timing. It seems like there's that little bit of that storm cloud over W over um, AW. Then WWE is like, hey, hold my beer. Pretty much. That's pretty much what both companies have, have basically done. Yeah. Like, oh, hey. Like, oh, hey. Like, you think this is bad? Watch this. Mm-hmm. It, it's insane. It's uh, <clears throat> something else, man. I don't know. But we talked about, you know, the Adam Cole situation and everything. You know, our own sides. And I just, uh, none of it, like I said, the interim match, the whatever they plan on actually doing with the IWGP title, whatever they, I don't know. There's any way I try to look at it for the card. It just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot to be like, oh, great. Especially with whatever they decide to do with Jay White, whatever they decide, I, I yeah, it's just there's no real positive spin, and it, it's just I yeah. So I mean, that's kind of our perspective on that show. Could be better, could be worse, but it, let's kind of let's kind of keep an eye on this potential train wreck Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'm lucky in the one wrestling group. There's uh, the one wrestling group that I'm involved in. There's usually at least one or two of the guys that post the links and they let a few of us watch the shows for free. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if I, you know, because like I said, I can, the highlights compared to watching the actual show. So. We'll see how that goes. Well, I mean, besides that, is there anything else that's at least redeemable to talk about besides those two things? I, you know, I know there was the Sasha getting released rumor. No one's confirmed it. No one's denied it. I, what the hell is going on? Like, I mean, like, I'm, I, 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 I'm at the point where, where like, I just want some clarity. I, I, I just want some solid, some solid answers here. Like, because this is starting to just get kind of hokey where it's, oh, she wants to be released. No, she doesn't want to be released. Oh, this is happening. Oh, this is not happening. You know, just, just give us some thread of truth here and just let it be from there. Yeah, it was really strange. The last that I ended up doing <laughs> The reason nobody's made it official was because her lawyers were still trying to like work out the kinks to get her released. So I don't know. I don't know if it's that, you know what I mean? And uh, 
it was that same person that wrote the story originally is the one who ended up saying that it's now basically her lawyer is trying to get it her out of her contract. And that was the last I heard about that. And that was what two, three days ago, maybe? Yeah, you know? about a couple of days ago. So I don't know. I would not be surprised if we heard something randomly in the middle of the week or or we just didn't hear anything at all. I I don't know. I actually I was messaging you recently. I I'm, I realized I'm not the biggest Sasha Banks fan. <laughs> you and didn't I mention saved it. this <clears throat> for this episode. Well, this show because I okay. I love Star Wars. All of it. Give me the entire galaxy. Give me it all. Give me Obi-Wan. Give me all the movies. Give me the cartoons. Whatever you need is give me it all. Okay. I decided recently just to watch The Mandalorian because while it was the new hot topic, I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want it spoiled by other people. Well, in passing, I had seen Sasha Banks was part of Mandalorian season two. And well, that day I messaged you, I got to them episodes and (laughs) it made me just like not like Sasha Banks. It was her acting was just not good. I, I maybe that's my opinion that is has me on my own boat, but it was oh my god, she just her voice that like that fake laugh that she even does on WWE, that way of like the sassy talking she does, and then on the Mandalorian, she says to Mando, she was like, "What's up, Mando?" And the way she said it's just I literally heard Monday Night Raw, Sasha Banks just talking. There was not a single fucking difference between her talking in a raw backstage promo compared to her saying, what's up, Mando, to the Mandalorian. And I hated it. I don't know if it's like because she's not really a good actress, but there's been so many other wrestlers that I loved when they were in acting moves and acting roles. I don't know. I, a random one, Undertaker is in Suburban Commando, the Hulk Hogan movie from the 80s. Oh, that's right. And he's a bad guy in the fucking movie. And you don't hear him say a fucking word all the way up until the fight scene with Hogan towards the end of the movie. And Hogan ends up hitting him in the dick with a pipe. And then Undertaker lets out this little girl voice. And they even literally have, it's not Undertaker talking, it's when he goes to say the lines, it's a little kid, like a little girl voice. And oh my God, it's so good. You're going to pay for that. And it's just, it's the best so good it's such a forgotten thing and it's so good and 
I'm not going to sit here and compare Undertaker's cameo in Suburban Commando to Sasha Banks on The Mandalorian. But in reality, like I said, they're minuscule rules, you know, that kind of apply. They were both not the lead in them fucking separate movies. And she just didn't do it for me. I don't know. It, it was just, like I said, it, she wasn't acting anything different. It was just Sasha Banks, just with a different name. They, I, I'll say this. I was so kind of like put off by that. I forgot what the hell even her name was on the show. I just, it, I couldn't buy into it. I don't know. I just couldn't wait for that episode to be over because it took that much from it for me. And I just, I don't know. I was so critical of it because I just didn't like it. I mean, I don't I've know. never watched, <clears throat> I've never watched The Mandalorian because I'm so far behind in Star Wars stuff because the whole flippity flop chronological order thing just completely threw me off the ship. And it's just, I'm so far behind and lost. I, I've just given up the concept of trying to catch up. But from everyone that I've talked to and that see it and love the shows, they love her on it. So maybe it's just a bad couple episodes, maybe, but I've heard nothing but positive reviews. Oh, I watched the entire rest of the series. It's only her little appearance. That's the only thing I didn't like about the entire fucking series was her appearance. Let me make that perfectly clear. Her acting was terrible. Fucking terrible. Not good. I loved the entire rest. Season one, season two. I just did not like her act. If I had to rank all the episodes, the episodes with her in it would be the lowest ones. I just, it, it took like, it, I don't think I'm expressing enough clearly on literally, it was just the annoying Sasha Banks, that blueprint character that she is just in the Mandalorian, just being an asshole broad. And I, I don't know. It just, I, and it, I'm trying to say that like she wasn't supposed to be like some sassy kind of like whatever the fuck, but she was in the same breath. I don't know. It was. Oh, God, it just wasn't good. I'm not <clears throat> like I said, I'll stand on that island all by myself. That's fine. I just uh, it didn't do it for me, man. So with all that Sasha Banks shit, I mean, it's just one of them things like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? I, Because I know for a fact I really don't want to see her in a bunch of movies. You know what I mean? Mm. I, 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 oh, I don't know how you feel about I that. I mean, I, I've come to groups with certain people are going to not be long- for wrestling just because opportunities come and they're going to cash in on those. And Sasha's in that category. And I, I love Sasha. Sasha's great. She's awesome. I would love for her to stay in wrestling because I feel her legacy's not completely finished or written. And there's a little something left to do. 
and she offers a lot of good when she's in the ring, regardless if you like the, the concept of the boss, the blueprint. And it, you know, you like, like you know what I mean? I, I just wish my that... gripe, my gripe is not about what no, her character I know. is. It's about the way she acts. Yeah. It's the way she presents the character itself. And it wasn't even about necessarily her wrestling character. No, her wrestling I... character was a different annoyance than <laughs> the Star Wars character. There was there so go. much portrayed through of her wrestling character because it seems her acting isn't good enough to be in like, I mean, obviously it is because other people wanted it there. But my personal opinion, it just it was so much reflective of her WWE character, it was almost such like almost low hanging fruit to where she was just able to get by on that. I don't know. It 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 didn't do it for me. Everybody talked it up as like it was so awesome that she was on fucking Mandalorian, but it just it just wasn't. I don't know. I, I just. And I, I can respect heel work, but I, I see, I, I don't know what it is about Sasha and it's not her arrogance that like, because, you know, like even on the broken skull thing, she's, I'm on the same level as Vince McMahon. Great. Have that confidence. Be a confident person. That's fine. But it, essentially I'll say it this way. This isn't the first time her ego's gotten in the way for other people. And that kind of rubs me the wrong way. The first time she let her bullshit get in the way, it bring Bailey down. Well, she, whatever, Bailey's hurt. Bailey wasn't there, whatever. Now her ego's in the way, and now she has Naomi thinking, oh, this is what I should do. Maybe if she wasn't partnered with Naomi, Naomi wouldn't have decided to do that. You get what I'm trying to say on that? Yeah, I can see it. The way you project yourself, the way you're able to put it off to other people. I won't sit there and say it's like cult-like, but it almost is because it's a trait that certain certain people in the world have that you're able to be a convincing talker. You know what I mean? And if if you plead your case long enough and if you fucking... If you believe your own hype so much, you become that hype. And that's what Sasha Banks became. She became like a big WWE name. And like you said, there's them opportunities, and she took that first chance she got. But it's all about ego. So, I mean, I, I'm also selfish. I just want her to wrestle because it's a better thing. I understand when guys and gals <sighs> branch out because there's more money to do less, all like the whole spiel. But just as a wrestling fan, I'm just like, can you just stay in, stay with what got you or what got you the opportunity and also what's made you because clearly you have a talent and gift to do that. And 
what whatever the situation is, it's just it's teetering on annoying because it's always the same thing. And it's just at some point, can like somebody just give me a straight answer of what the fuck's going on? That that's really no no no. I I'm I'm kind of like reinforcing it. But is it just for me? I'm tired of hearing the the wishy washy shit, and I'm 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 just at the point where I, where where I'm like, is she staying or is she going? Are you letting her go, or are you keeping? Are you guys hashing this out, or is it done? Because like because because we've kind of been through this already. We kind of been through this already, and it absolutely sucked then, and it sucks even more now. So like so like kick so like can we just not like rinse and repeat and like just be transparent on this one and just be like hypothetically look this shit's murky there's a lot to untangle we, we would love for this to be resolved and everyone comes back happy but there's a good chance that it can't go that it can go the other way like like just give us that give us that at the barest of minimum whenever it comes to this Sasha, Naomi, are they gone or are are they staying? Situation because because clearly the female division is kind of taking a hit from it on both shows, and then there's the the floating Bailey factor, which I don't know if there's been a setback or or Bailey's just doing the smart thing and it's just taking her time because I know it, it was a pretty pretty serious knee injury. Where where like it was like multiple ligaments or, or something like that. So I'm as much as I love Bailey, I, I don't expect I don't expect her to rush back. I do expect the powers to be to rush her back, but I expect her not to. There's so much. I'll say it this way. There's so many levels to the WWE booking of their women's division. And it's so hot and cold, start and stop. And then, what was that, 2018 already? 2017, 2018 was that evolution. Yep. And once they seen that it didn't really make them what they expected or what they wanted, they put the kibosh on and you, 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 no wrestling fan is going to tell me that because they instantly seen that, well, it didn't have enough money as this or it didn't have enough money as that. No evolution too, like every other woman in the company wanted. They gave us the women's tag titles and everything and the women's main events and all this and all that. I don't need to see two women wrestling for the women's title in a last last woman standing match just so they could be equal i don't need to see two women hardcore match wrestling just so they can say that they're equal if it fits the storyline or if it fits the story and it's believable and it's not just forced because oh hey helena cell's coming up this month gotta give the women one too i'm so glad that wwe's kind of like I'm not going to sit here and say past it because there's still stuff that they do. And it's just like, well, if that ain't for favoritism, 
But when evolution first happened and when they first thought they had the gold mine, it was everything. You got the women's rumble. You got the, the every, the, I, I don't need to make the whole list because you know exactly what I'm talking. Yeah. They went all in on it. No pun intended. They put all the chickens in the basket expecting it to make a shit ton of money. And it didn't make them what they want. I mean, that's just the truth. I mean, I'm sure it made something, but not up to what they probably Look envisioned. It up. No, I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure they just didn't. And I don't know. I don't have an answer or a guesstimation for why. I to just dig a little I, deeper on this. That's exactly why, if you remember, the Bellas weren't too thrilled about they wanted the whole evolution too and then the women in the company wanted evolution too and they never got it and then eventually they just realized yeah it's been this long they're not going to do it it's all about money unfortunately that's what it, it comes down to it's about the money the bottom line and the zeros in people's accounts and if it's not giving them more zeros and they really don't give a fuck about it and they'll just throw it, they'll throw it away. Even well, if it is doing, even if it's doing some form of good, if it's not doing that particular good, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So like I was saying with tying that back in with the whole, mm-hmm. like, you know, Bailey coming back and everything like that, where do you even go with anything from there? Yeah. You can just throw them away into a piss off view type of thing like that, but is it time to even get rid of them women's tag titles and just not bring them back? Um, I would be okay with it just simply because they don't have the depth to have that division. First of all, that's usually my like primary thing is do you have the depth? Do you have the players to carry that out? And they, they, they really don't. It's makeshift tag teams, which, which already takes from both shows' female division which isn't that deep to begin with. So you might as well just very quietly and graciously just just abolish the titles, chalk it up as we gave it a shot. It did, it did meh at best. We tried. Next thing. That's exactly where I stand with it. Like, it, and, and it I honestly don't think there'll be a lot of people that are going to be – against that or upset with that concept or approach i'd hate to try and say that on twitter i well, well i mean it's also fucking twitter so yeah <laughs> and on, honest to god man i excluding the faux pas fe- feminists on twitter yeah it well it's <clears throat> That would be the instant reaction the minute the minute you try to say something like, I'm okay with that, you would get torn apart on Twitter. But ultimately, the WWE women's tag titles, like we were just saying, it gave it gave them what they wanted for the time being, for that moment. You get what I mean? Yeah. They wanted to crown Bailey and Sasha because they were at the time the hottest acts. So of course, they got it. You know what I mean? They have all that just in case 
you know, in 10 years, they're on good terms and they need it for a video package or look at our lineage history later. And leading into that was something that I sent you before we started tonight. Comparing CM Punk and Roman Reigns, because now we're getting a lot closer to 434. Roman's going to break that record. Again, because it's a record held by somebody not on good standings with WWE, they have to hurry up and erase it to acknowledge our longest all-time champion, Roman Reigns. Instead of saying punk. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, he passed. Like, I would be amazed if they even sprinkled that acknowledgement in, but me, me, I think know. they'll just say, yeah. yeah, he surpassed the record. Yeah, that, that he surpassed the record, and then they go down the same name that they've been mentioning for six months and just leave it at that because that's just the way WWE is. I think I said it in our message. They have the history is written by the victor's approach and logic, and that's what they've always done, and that's what they're going to do, you know, especially with the whole uh, punk dynamic and how – how extremely dicey that all went and how it kind of still all is <clears throat> down to the smaller records. And it's the petty things like Rene Dupree was the youngest tag team champion. Well, that was one thing he kind of held on to up until that year at mania with that eight year old kid. Now that little Nicholas kid is, Forever, that record's never going to be broken because there was a little kid as tag champ. You get what I'm trying to say to you? Yeah. And it just was so weirdly of a thing. You know what I mean? It was a record held by, and I'm not saying that was the first one or anything like that, but no, that was definitely one of many times that they just can't have a record held by somebody like they did with New Day and Demolition. If mm-hmm. Demolition wasn't in the concussion lawsuit, well, I think they would probably still have the longest record. We would also have more Mattel figures of Demolition and, you know, they would even probably be in the Hall of Fame. But because they were a part of that lawsuit, right then, there's New Day. New yeah. Day's on a roll. Budios, everything. Let's send them to the moon. So they went and they beat that record. And I actually was at the show when Seamus and Cesaro beat the New Day and ended their their streak. I uh, I was at that show. That was Roadblock. And I remember talking to Kate when we first got there, and I said. I think that New Day's losing tonight. And she was like, no way, they just broke the record. And I was like, no, I think they're gonna. Well, they did. They lost. And it was just, I don't know. That was a cool moment to be at because, you know, they put everything into New Day. If you remember how old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I'm, I'm a part of the machine. Hook, line, and sinker. (laughs) Hell Yeah. (laughs) I still have my Budio stuff. Same. Yeah. I got a, all the cereals. They had a Christmas cereal. They had a Halloween cereal. I had the shirts still. I had this big fucking blanket. 
I thought that was the funnest shit in the world. And then the cereal was $12.99 a box at FYE. Yep. <laughs> and I think I have three boxes. Like, why would I do that? You know what I mean? The, like, the weirdest shit in the world. But yeah, you know what I mean. It's all, like you said, it's what they want to see. And they, they do it. They do it. Santina Morello was actually recently on a podcast and Vince was 20 seconds away from changing the finish and having Santino win that Royal Rumble. Yeah. That's a story for you to sit down and listen to. The ref was in the earpiece talking to them as the match was playing out and saying, Vince is loving this reaction right now. Santino is fucking over right now. Hang tight. Don't go to the finish yet. Vince is still pondering. So that's why it took a little, that's why it was drawn out and Santino got thrown out of the match and the match kept going because the finish was supposed to be a few minutes before that. But because Vince was listening to the reaction that Santino was getting, he started getting second thoughts and was thinking, you know what? Maybe we will let him fucking win and he'll be a star. Well, something happened and <laughs> time was running and it just Del Rio. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to check that out as much as Santino bothers me nowadays. I'm pretty sure that's an interesting tale. It, it's yeah. I was in. It's a. I'll send it over to you when we're done. And it, oh my god, man. so good, so good. That there's a. Speaking of Rene Dupree on that previous subject, that's where that story comes from. Is because Rene Dupree has a podcast, and it's Cafe de Rene. Yeah. He has so many uh, people on there that you normally wouldn't see on these major podcasts or these major interviews and you're getting so many different perspectives so many different point of views and then so many stories of their own careers you it's people like paul london you know what i mean that was the story i didn't know that i even wanted to listen to and then i listened to paul london's story and i was like oh my god this is great same thing with santino I didn't think I gave a fuck about any Santino story. I literally put it on because I knew he was going to talk about Cornette and the whole slap. Of course. And they talked about that too. But then they also talked about that rumble story. And that I was like, oh my God, I want to hear more. You know what I mean? Like it made it just that much more fucking intriguing. And I... It's cool to hear like the random people, you know what I mean? Like he had like Mark Jindrag on there, you know, like stuff like that. And I just hearing Mark Jindrag's side of evolution and, you know, things like that. It, it, you can see the bitterness, obviously, but you also hear the different perspective that you haven't heard yet. We've heard Triple H's side of it. We've heard Flair's side of it. Fuck, we've even heard Batista's side of it. But we never heard Mark Jindrag's side of it. And 
because Mark Jindrag and Randy Orton were like party animal little dickheads together. They were riding buddies. That's why he was going to be an evolution with Triple H and Flair and Orton. But because of he would have been the bad influence on Orton, Triple H and Flair were like, no, fuck no. And they put the kibosh on it. Triple H pitched Batista and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. As much as Jindrak can be a, a bitter individual, I'm sure that's an interesting take and concept on that story because everyone's heard the various incarnations of what happened and how yeah. it happened. And that, I, I mean, it, it literally coincides <laughs> with some of Triple H's story on Triple H is like, you know what? It just, it, nope, wasn't really a good fit. And that could have been exactly it. Like how he was saying, like him and Randy were that close and they were into all that shit together. The rest is history. But I love stuff like that. I really do. And that's how we end up getting these different stories and these point of views. And, you know, we're able to run these five, six different points. Yeah. So I will have to check that out. I didn't even know that he, he had a podcast. I figured he just kind of went off the grid and was doing his own thing and doing okay. Cause I mean, he didn't have any bad habits or anything. So I figured he was fine, but I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, he wrestles still sometimes for All Japan. Okay. You know what I mean? And uh, Noah. But he does them too every now and again. And he'll talk about that like on the Ask Renee episodes and shit. It's really good. I Like I said, yeah, you would have never heard me guessing that I like the Renee Dupree podcast. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I haven't heard anything much on on the Dynamite front yet, which is a little unnerving. I don't Uh know what the hell is going on. Um, Live Dynamite looking with Ray. Live Dynamite looking up. I'm going to check here. Right now. Danielson. Apparently finds his found his replacement. And saying he's cutting a promo in the ring to take his place at Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts. I wonder who it is. Hope he gets is to it. Is it gonna be Utah? No. No, fuck her. Come on. Okay. Yeah. So it was supposed to be him and Saber, which, god damn it. Who the fuck? I'm trying to find it. It better not be fucking like Daniel Garcia or something stupid and like be a big swerve or I know it's probably not, but uh, oh, he's the in the buzz, fucking Jericho society anyway. Yeah, the buzz is because he doesn't really unveil. It's the vibe is either Gargano 
or Cesaro. Okay. Somebody he knows, somebody he trusted. So Cesaro checks those boxes. I mean, I I mean, I miss Cesaro or Claudio dearly. So I mean, I love him there, even though it's kind of predictable. Um, but it would be cool. Cesaro and Saber Jr. would probably be a decent match. <clears throat> so that's that's about it because because I'm on the social because I don't have the TV on right now because it's all messed up. So <clears throat> I six man with United Empire and Cassidy and I think a couple other people. Other than that, there's not much to report on on Dynamite right now. Just Danielson left a cliffhanger, which means that's probably a good move to have people buy the show to see. There it is. There's one of your drawing points right there. Because now they had this week to hype it. And it'll have everybody on the entire internet buzzing. Yep. Oh, it, it, it's it's Claudio. It, you know, it's going to be Gargano. Or there's going to be other names that are going to pop up, too. I also saw Bray. See? <laughs> Why the fuck would Bray Wyatt show up? Yeah. Trust me, as, as much as I miss him, I don't think that this is the right spot. No, fuck no. <laughs> that wouldn't fit at all. He's not even like one of those like ground and pounder. Yeah. He, he's not He's not a technical savvy to be equal to Zack Sabre Jr. No, fuck no. Fuck no. I know. I don't people. Know. We'll see. Oh man, that's uh, it's rather interesting. I, you gotta say that. I uh, <clears throat> man, see, that's just we talked about earlier with the injury train with what could have been. Yeah, I'm you know very, I mean? I'm very upset that that was on on the table. And they waited that long to unveil it. And just because he's hurt, they had to spill the beans. It's like, oh, really? That's another notch against the show because everybody knew about the Omega injury and that he wasn't coming back. Everybody knew about the punk injury and that he wasn't coming back, you know, for this show. And, or he wasn't going to be a part of the show. But now the Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson injury wasn't fully disclosed until right now. So now it's obviously they tried to wait to see if he'd get cleared for the show, but it's another letdown on a show that really doesn't need another letdown. Exactly. You know? I am intrigued to see who it is, man. So that'll be a cool thing. Like we just said, you know, it's a shame. We don't get to see, you know, right off the bat, Danielson and Sabre Jr. But hopefully maybe if we get Forbidden Door 2 in six months, all these matches that are already affected by injury will be able to be replaced. will be able to be substituted on yeah. and just plug in right right away. I, I would hope so too. You I, I would I mean? assume with all the circumstances, they're gonna have to do a second one. Yeah, like with Omega and the Bucks, you know, maybe that's a good time. Then you even do the trios title. Or something. Yep, that might be the most opportune time. 
You know what I mean? Because New Japan's audience loves trios. They won't, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They have never open weights, triples, trios, titles. And I don't know. I can definitely see uh, like WWF in your house. Not everyone was a classic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some of them were like all-time greats. And we can use that the reason I thought about in your house, I just looked down and seen my in your house DVD, but we could use that with any pay-per-view. Like not every mania was great. No, not every survivor series was great. You know, not every summer slams great, but (coughs) even them teasing the unveiling, I don't know if I'm still going to buy the show. Like I said, the link if i if i get offered a spot in the wrestling group to watch it for free i will absolutely watch it for free but i don't know if i um i don't know if i'd go out like if i wasn't in that place i don't know if i'd go out of my way to buy it just off of the unveiling yeah you know but that's uh the last we'll talk about the fucking forbidden door for the evening um ultimately i pushed you yeah mm-hmm. ultimately i'm just intrigued to see where everything goes from here this summer that's where i'm at too they bring back brock in wwe we have all these injuries in wwe we also have the injuries in aw there are so many like Randy Orton can be out until 2023 and just that have clearly affected SummerSlam. Oh, and yeah. I, what are we at now? I think it was, we're at like the ninth time, eighth or ninth time that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar have fought on the pay-per-view. I, I, I believe it's nine. It'll be nine with I mean? SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, that was an absolute, Cue up the back signal. I need you. Yeah. Quick plug and play. We just had this match a few months ago for WrestleMania. Yep. You know what I mean? So he came out and he says, I acknowledge you. And then he F fives him. Great. You know, and without a skipping beat, they announced Brock and Roman at SummerSlam. And it was, wait a minute. What? Everybody really? as a collective in the wrestling community was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like, ah, man, I don't know anybody over the age of 13 that really wants to see Brock and Roman. That's, that's, that's accurate. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm good. There's so many different names they could have used for SummerSlam. If you remember just a few years ago for the WWE title at SummerSlam, it was Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd have been perfectly okay with Roman yep. fighting Nakamura. Nakamura. Or, that, that, that's what I was hoping for. Yeah. you They kind of teased it and they didn't. And then they just kind of like turned it to Riddle. Uh, you know what I mean? I... I would have been even okay if they started the McIntyre feud and they had the McIntyre match at SummerSlam and at the Cardiff show. You get what I mean? Yeah. I'm, 
I'd be okay with that too. Yeah, it's just I don't see the the reasoning for another Brock match. I guess what because it's a stadium show. That's most likely the reason. You know what I mean? And honestly, you know whose fucking fault it is that they don't have any big stars that'll draw other than Lesnar? Their own damn fault. Couldn't have said it better myself. And and they got guys that are more than capable. I can think of five right off the top of my head that are more than capable of having a great match. Yeah. But I don't know if those five names are going to fill a fucking stadium versus Roman Reigns because they're not those big drawling fucking names like the past had. That's what scares me about wrestling in the future, because like I said to you before, WWE doesn't really necessarily need to be like its stars like Austin and Rock and, you know, even like Michaels and Triple H and stuff. Yeah. Those are characters that are in WWE, of course, but these bigger outside stars, they don't need that anymore. WWE as a whole is the entity that people come to see. Sure, you have Roman Reigns, who's now their biggest star, but you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. WWE for a whole is just, you know, it's like going to the circus. You don't go to the circus just to see the fucking elephant or to see the bear on a tricycle. You go to the circus for the circus, for everything, for the peanuts, for the popcorn, for the cotton candy, for the bearded lady. You get what I'm trying to say? Which is kind of like what they've always wanted. You go for the grand show. And that's what WWE always, yes, see, and they're finally there, but it could hurt and it could not. And that's the scary thing about the future of WWE. Could they get too big for themselves to where they ain't going to be able to produce? Or is it going to be just one of those kind of like a carnival show to where it doesn't really matter? 20 years ago, we didn't even have to think about this shit. You get what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, it's that now. It shows how much they've grown and how fast they've grown and they've made so many decisions without thinking long term whether it's booking whether it's choices behind the scenes it's exactly that without going on and rambling some Mm -hmm. more because I'm a rambler (laughs) but something's gotta change hopefully something changes for the better, but we've been saying that pretty repeatedly for a long time. (laughs) With that being said, we'll move on to our favorite subject of the week. Give thanks for being thankful. Ray, what's something you're thankful for this week in your life? Um, excuse me, my throat's killing me. Um, Kind of a sidebar. Um, I'm thankful that we got to do for anyone who follows us and follows our network, our secondary show, Strange Days with Tom Casadega. We got to do a special episode over the weekend, um, a, a Father's Day edition, um, an episode that's near and dear to you. And it was an idea that that, that was in my head for a while because we we had that as one of our like original subjects. We just didn't know when we were going to pull the trigger. 
And one day at work, it just last week, it, it hit me. I'm like, oh, crap, it's Father's Day weekend. Duh. Here, uh, like, here we go. And for us to do that, you know, during Father's Day weekend and let you kind of have have that moment and, like, let the world know how much your father meant to you and how much he's influenced you. And if it rubbed off on other people who are dads or sons or future dad, like, like, you know what I'm saying? It was just a really good, uh, wow. A lot, a lot, a lot of train of thought, a real wholesome episode. And like, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we got to do it. And like, like, like even like, even down to like, the little aspects of having Tommy jump in, hop in towards like the end, just, you know, I, I, I've always believed in the full circle concept that that made the episode come full circle. Like just that, that was just a good episode. And like, I'm, I'm thankful that we got that. Like we actually did it. We got it off and it kind of checked all of my boxes. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if it checked all of yours, but it definitely checked all of my boxes as, as far as what I wanted that particular subject in episode to be. Yeah. I, I said to you before that was going to be one of my favorites. I'm so glad we did that. Definitely. And uh, I actually went back and listened. Okay. And uh, we finally figured out our technical difficulties and Minus the few, like about 18 minutes, 20 minutes in technical difficulties that happen. It's, it's so good. And so good because it obviously, you know, talks about my dad. My dad was like my best friend. But like you said, it checked all them boxes. And right at the point when my son shows up, actually, we were talking and it was a sad point of the show and then I was able to bring it right from you know what was next in life after my dad died literally to uh, getting ready to talk about my son my son wakes up and he's outside of the office door like dad let me in you know what I mean yeah amazing like you said it, it couldn't have been and we didn't plan that that just no, like I, you know, once again, for those who don't get to see our process, it, I, I brought it up what after last week's show, and I pretty much said this came across my mind. Let's aim to do this, and I, I, I think I told you to sleep on it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I basically told you to sleep on it, and I don't even think it was noon the next day. You, you, you pretty much said, "Fuck yeah, like let's do it." <laughs> Yeah, that next morning, I'm not kidding. That next morning, I woke up and it was the first fucking thing on my mind. And I was like, you know what? Ray said that to me. And and it usually like I ponder my whole day as I sit there and have my coffee. But all I could think about was how good of an idea that was to do. And I was like, it couldn't have happened at a better time with the way strange days is, you know, a special limited time thing falling right around Father's Day to begin with, having that episode come up right as Father's Day was there in our minds, your mind to bring it up to do on Father's Day made it the icing on the cake. 
And that's what I even said to you that that was going to be one of my favorite episodes. And the timing couldn't have been better. You nailed it. I'll say that forever. You nailed it. That was a hell of an idea. Well, thank you. It just it during my low low periods at work, my like mind wandered, think of other shit that that came across during like a down period, and I was like, wait a minute, Sunday's Father's Day, and like, and I was mentally going over the the list of episodes I, I actually have next to me, and I was like, oh my god, like this is this is the stars aligned. Like, like, oh my God, like, 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 there's no better time to do that specific episode than last weekend. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, this upcoming Strange Days episode, I think, is going to be another doozy. Okay. I, I have, I'm down to my two topics that it's going to be one or the other. Either way, if, see, I'm a talker. What? Here's my thing. I didn't grow up in a family with money. I grew up in a family with memories. That was our goal. That was our... We weren't rich with money, but we were rich with love and our memories and our family and type of shit like that to where it was weirdly instilled in me when I was young that you have to remember these things because time goes by too fast. And if you don't remember them, you'll never be really rich at heart. And I could go into a whole spiel about why that was even put into my head, but that's a whole nother day. And that stuck with me to where when I was younger, I remember shit from when I was younger. I remember shit from my preteens and my teenage years. And I'm not kidding, and I even said this to you, when we did Strange Days, every episode, it seems like after we're done, an hour or two later, I'm sitting there going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, (laughs) fuck, because it jogs my memory, but then it doesn't have a walkthrough until my brain's able to like catch up, and then I'm like, oh, fuck me, and then I'm remembering five, six, seven more stories from that era of time. We did the episode of my dad. I thought of a few more things that I could have added in. We did the episode about my teenage years. I had a fucking list after we were done. I messaged one of my friends from childhood and I was like, hey man, you know, I don't mean to be like a pest, but like, you know, some stories and he told me some fucking doozies man that when he said one of them it started jogging more and more in my memory and I sat there and I laughed like from the gut like my stomach hurt that's how hard I was laughing like the back of I was smiling so hard my mouth hurt because it jogged all these fucking stories that I probably hadn't heard in 15 years you know, 16 years, shit like that. And oh my God, man. He told me a story about, uh, we were sitting, just me and him, we were sitting on my back porch and we were just drinking 40s, getting shit faces, watching the alleyway in my house. And my dad had a truck cap 
leaned up against the porch and I climbed up onto the banister of my fucking porch and I went, oh, yeah. And I just elbow dropped this fucking truck cap in the middle of the night thinking it wasn't going to make any noise. A street down, you heard that shit. No bullshit. I could tell you the whole story. And it was one of our other friends who lived down the street texted us and said, did you just hear them gunshots? No, that was me falling off the metal truck cap and my bones clanking against it is what he heard. Because there was no gunshots, and I promise you that. And it just, oh my God. And that story alone started triggering memories. Fantastic memories. So I'm hoping with the final few weeks of Strange Days, I'm really able to bring the, uh, bring the A game with all the uh, the points and topics and meaningful stories to really help drive it home before we're all done. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I hope so. I mean, it's been a banger so far, so I wouldn't expect anything less. <coughs> but, I mean, with that being said, I mean, is there anything? Do I, do I end the show with our usual spiel? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, I, I will say I'm thankful for the fact that I'm able to do Strange Days to save them stories and them memories and everything like that. So that's what I'm thankful for this week is what everything I just said prior a second ago. And um, and it just hit me now with, yes. with, the, with the wonders of technology and shit. Like this is a good way to archive these memories and tales and pass them down to Tommy. Because I'm sure there'll be a super duper advanced Spotify by by probably the time he's like seven. So, oh <laughs> yeah. So you know they'll, they'll they'll probably have it surging into their brains in five years. Who who, who fucking knows? <laughs> like Jetson style stuff. I mean, maybe if you know both sides of the world quit fighting with each other and you that know America's. You know, Americans stop acting stupid. Maybe we can. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting on Rosie and vegetable oil flying cars. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, with that being said, Ray, send them the fuck home. All right, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at the right hook pod using the hashtag the right hook, or you can email us at rhrpodcast1 at gmail.com. And with that said, I'm Ray Hook Ray. And I'm rambling Tom Casadega. And we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully you can enjoy the uh, Forbidden Door. (laughs) ACS.